Feels good in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 118. And again, tonight we will look at two very familiar verses, and I'm going to preach by the help of the Lord and your help tonight. I'm going to try not to preach as long as what I've been preaching. Well, I thought that would get hand claps, laps. Psalm 118, verse 23, this is the Lord's doings, doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Verse 24, this is what I'm really looking for tonight. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Somebody rejoice in this day the Lord has given you. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. With the help of the Lord tonight, I'm going to preach for a few moments. This is the day. This is the day. God bless you. You can be seated tonight. Anticipation is a wonderful, wonderful thing. There is great power in anticipation. As a matter of fact, I think it is good for every family to make plans. People who are not planners fail to realize the power of anticipation. Planning creates anticipation, and anticipation creates excitement, and it gives people a reason to look to the future. People who deal with depression, people who uh, often find no reason for living, uh, should be challenged to plan for something exciting in the future, something worthwhile, something to look forward to. And it is anticipation that build up getting ready for whatever it is that is exciting. My wife could plan a shopping trip, and as it is getting closer, social media begins to line up, T minus 29 days. All the way down to the week before and the day before, and excitement is in the air as the credit cards are about to be destroyed. And finally, when the day arrives, it is so exciting. I remember vacations that would be planned, and my family would talk about this coming vacation, and we would look forward to it. And it was, it was, it's almost as much the anticipation is part of the pleasure, uh, and the excitement and the buildup is, is as enjoyable as is the event itself. Building up and looking forward to. And then there's things that we don't look so forward to. We were having a beautiful day the other day and it was hot. And people were complaining. This was about two weeks ago. It, people were complaining and I was standing in front of a familiar establishment in town called Milky Way. And everybody was complaining about it being hot, kind of like you are tonight. I look around, and there are dozens of people. 
And people were complaining about the temperature. They were complaining about it being hot. And someone said, don't complain because in 16 weeks we'll have snow on the ground. And I doubled up my fist. Just kidding. Now, it's no secret that I don't like winter. I don't like rain. I don't like the night. But I live for a summer sunny day. You can do anything you want to when the weather is nice. Foul weather is good for very little other than replenishing the earth. And that's God's business and he put it that way. It's kind of this kind of day. And would you believe that working in the parking lot this evening before church, my father-in-law would dare to walk in and complain about how hot it was in the parking lot this evening before church. But he will also complain in January as he's parking all of your cars. And he motions me, you know where your spot is, go park it. I'm just kidding. I thought because I was expecting today to be a beautiful day and yesterday was a beautiful day. We were working yesterday and people were saying, man, it's hot. I thought it was wonderful. And because, well, I called home this week and my sister said, it's 103 today and 92% humidity. And I thank God for 83 and 50% humidity. I look forward to this time of the year. And I, I woke today and I didn't think about the day. I didn't really get up this morning thinking this is going to be a beautiful day. I just, it was like expectation. And so because I expected, had I gotten up this morning and walked outside and found it 40 degrees, I would have said, mm. Because I just was expecting it to, to just, it was, it was no anticipation. It was just, I was, it was expecting it just to be what it is. And I think about what's coming in November and I... You know, I, I find ways to cope with wintertime. It makes me pick a gun up and put it in my hand. It's the only way that I can cope. When seasons close in January, January and February, our family looks forward to spring break. Because we're going somewhere warmer, somewhere greener. Somebody ought to wrote a song about that. It's days like today that I relish, I, I enjoy. I, I walked outside before church tonight after planning for this message and I looked around and I thought, what could I complain about? 
I could say it's too hot. I could say uh, there's not clouds in the sky blocking the sun's rays. Uh, I could say that grass grows this time of the year. There's things we can find in every day that we can complain about. But now all of you I know don't agree. I know some of you love wintertime. That's, that's fine. There, it takes all sorts of strange people to make the world go round. And enjoy it all that you want. The only thing that I say, if you're going to brag about how much you love winter, show up and shovel the church lot. All right? I hate winter and I hate shoveling the church lot. The Lord knows. He has to triple bless me. It just, you know, comes with the territory. So this kind of day, it's a wonderful day. It's a, it's, it's a great day. People always are looking for, when things are bad, people begin to talk about, well, there's, there's going to be another day. There's, there's going to be a new day. We've been, we've been looking forward to yesterday, getting to where we began day one of demolition. We've been doing piddly things, but yesterday was the big thrust, the big day of moving forward. And it was exciting. And when we got there yesterday morning, people were saying, this is the day. This is the day. This is it. We're here. We've arrived. This is the day. This is when it really all gets kicked off. This is when we really get started with this. This is, this is the day. Look at the accomplishments. And, and people were taking pictures and talking about uh, the, the day. People always look forward to a better day. A new day. Uh, a day that is going to bring blessing. A day that is going to be better than today. A day that when you're going through hardship and struggle, if it was not hope that tomorrow is going to be better, where would we be? The apostle said it right when he said, if in this life I had hope only in this world, I would be of all men most miserable. He is speaking of a hope of a day that is to come that is going to be better than the here and the now. He's speaking of what is coming that is going to be better than the agony and the pain and the suffering and and all the things that we go through here and now. Many famous speeches include words of hope toward a new day. Songwriters, poets, presidents all capitalize on humanity's enthusiasm for a new day. This is the day. His ministry was only three and a half years. He touched, he healed. But he did it all in the confines of a day. Most things he did, he did in the span of a day. Creation was done in stages and each stage of creation was completed in a day. And the scripture gives us very explicit details of what happened within that day. Some people want to argue the validity of God's day. I'm not here to argue whether a day was actually 24 hours or whether it was a thousand year span. Second Peter chapter 3 says, but be not ignorant of this one thing that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. But the Lord knows how you and I view a day. We view days on the calendar. We view days on a clock. We view days within the 24-hour thing and uh, within the 24-hour span. But one thing is certain, ladies and gentlemen, and it is that although with God, uh, we're thinking, God, do you have it on my timetable? We must understand that God has impeccable timing. 
Timing is an important part of all of our lives. Sometimes when we ask God concerning a particular thing, He he doesn't grant it immediately. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's because that His ways are higher than our ways. He knows the best time to grant our request. At times when it seems like that God may not even be moving. It's not that God is not concerned. It could be that the timing for your life is not right. Because he's working everything out for your good. We see through a glass darkly but the Lord sees from the height of heaven. And he looks down upon your life and what you think must happen today or this week or this year. God is putting it all in in perspective and the Lord knows when the time is right. When the mother of Jesus told the people at the marriage of Cana of Galilee to approach him for wine, he said to her, my hour has not yet come. My time has not yet come. God has always been very particular about time. The prophet spoke and the sun stood still so that God's divine plan could be fulfilled in one day. We must be careful, ladies and gentlemen, to never question God's timing. He may be about to cause the sun to stand still in your evening time so that he can fight your battle for you. So before we complain and argue with God and tell God what he needs to do, maybe we need to submit to God's plan and say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it because he knows where I am and where my enemies are and he knows what I need. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says to everything, there is a season and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. There's a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which was planted. There is a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend, a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. And verse 11 said, He hath made everything beautiful in His time. The beautiful thing about what God does with time is that He doesn't consider your thinking on timing when He decides to put your day together. You and I need to stop tonight and just say, This is the day the Lord has made. I don't know if it's going to end at 12 o'clock tonight because this day I'm in may go on until tomorrow and the next day but I'm in God's time and whatever God says in this day of my life I'm going to submit to this day because he knows exactly what I need everything in the plan of God has been done with perfect timing your miracle has its own appointed time 
If you and I had our ruthers, we would just take it all right now. I was talking to somebody the other day that was talking about two young ladies that inherited hundreds of millions of dollars. And you may have read the article about it. I didn't read the article. I was just, somebody was telling me about it. Two young ladies, 117 and 121, inherited uh, hundreds of millions of dollars and all this money that came to them. But they put in the inheritance package one little catch. They don't get the money until they turn 35. That's a bad thing for a 17 and a 21-year-old. They don't get the hundreds of thousands of dollars until then. And, and now they're going to help them in certain things. And, and so the story that was shared with me was they get a certain amount at the time that they're married. If they're married, uh, if they're married and they're not pregnant at the time that they're married, and they get a certain amount when they finish college of certain things or in order when they finish college. And so they have all these things that they, that they get a certain percentage and a certain enough to spoil them real good. But when they get to 35, I'm going to tell you, they're going to appreciate those hundreds of millions, particularly if they have to learn the daily grind of getting up, going to work every day, working for a living, making, making a living by the sweat of their brow. When they get to 35, somebody's going to say, wow, uh, what are you going to do with all that money? And they're going to say, what money? Because <laughs> they're not going to want anybody to know that they have it. And they're going to treat it quite differently. You see, there was a parent that must have been smart enough to, to, to figure out that it would not be good stewardship to place $100 million in the hands of a 17 and a 21-year-old. And, the, and we, we try to boss the Lord around a lot of times and tell him, God, this is the way I need. I need you to fix this today, this tomorrow, to get all this done. Lord, if you'll just get all of these things wrapped up for me, I'm going to be real good. And he looks at you and he says, you couldn't handle that kind of power. Because if I gave you everything you needed today, you would probably walk out on me tomorrow. Some of, oh no, not me, Pastor. You don't know what you would do until you're put in that situation. But there is a reason that the Lord says, I'm going to hold you off for a little while. You've got a miracle on the way. Yes, you do. I believe it with all of my heart. You've been praying and asked God for things in your life that may be a blessing to you, may be a miracle in your life. And I believe God wants to give it to you, and He's going to, but it's going to come at His time. He's working everything out for your good. Watch this, when Joseph was imprisoned, he interpreted the dreams of a chief butler and a chief baker. According to his interpretation, the butler's dream meant that he would be restored to his job while one of the, one, uh, of the baker meant that he would be killed. The butler was happy and promised to tell the king about Joseph when he is restored. But the Bible says that when the chief butler got to the king's palace, well... Joseph who? He forgot all about Joseph. Why did he forget? Was it because that people have a tendency that once their blessing comes to forget those that help them reach their blessing? Maybe not. Maybe so. Whatever it may be, God caused him to forget. Because the time was not God's appointed time for Joseph. Two years after the man had forgotten him, God himself brought Joseph out with a great plan.
Anybody tonight remember singing the old song, He's an on-time God? Yes, He is. We used to sing it all the time when I was a kid. He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. He may not come when you call Him, but He'll be there right on time. Because He's an on-time God. Yes, He is. Somebody had a revelation. Somebody had a revelation that God's day may not be in the confines of the way that I see my day. But the Lord said, I've planned this day for you. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Because when I'm done with you in this moment, I will take you through to the next moment. God has a timetable for your life. The children of Israel were in captivity for 430 years. But when it was God's time, think about this, 430 years. With a promise, Brother Danny, that there was a land that flowed with milk and honey. 430 years with a promise that they couldn't see fulfilled. Grandmas and grandpas are dying off in the land of Egypt with a promise of what was to come. But when the Lord said, it's time, all it took was one day. But before that one day came, he tells Moses, I've got a job for you to do. You got to organize the people. You got to sort the people out. You've got to get the people ready. You got to get the people prepared. You've got to work toward the people. In a lot of ways, I believe that Moses was the first real pastor of a mega church. And a mega church it was. For millions of people that he had to lead and guide and give direction to and counsel with. And he sat until morning and evening and his father-in-law said, this isn't good for you. Moses, you can just imagine all the things that he had to go through. The Lord sent him out and said, you lead the people. But when it's time, it's me that will do the delivering. It's God that will deliver. And he didn't need a month or two months or a year or a process of time. The process of time was all during their time of captivity. But when the Lord said it's time to go, listen to what he did. He said, all you got to do is listen and when I speak the word, you'll go out. Look through the storyline of the children of Israel. They wandered in a wilderness for 40 years, but when it was time for them to move, all God needed was one day to move them from point A to point B, from the land of bondage to the land of promise. Every time that there was a battle, all God needed was a day. He needed a day. He needed a day. This is the day. God never takes you into a new day until the old day is done. You may be wondering why God doesn't take you to the new level that you're praying for and believing Him for. It may just be that He has one battle left for you to fight in this valley. 
And you're saying, well, God, you better hurry up because it's evening time. And he may be saying, no, I'm wanting to perform a miracle before the great miracle. I'm going to cause the sun to stand still so that then I can go in and fight your battle for you. And you can win, but you're going to have to go into the battle with me. Hey, I came tonight to tell somebody that God has not forgotten you where you are. This is the day the Lord has made. Put a smile on your face. Get some cheer in your heart. Trust the Lord in the bad times. Trust the Lord when you're wondering if He knows where you are and declare this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. As I was studying today, the thought came to my mind when God delays, it is a clear sign that he has a real plan, miraculous plan in place for you. I don't find stories where God delayed and then later tried to figure out what he was going to do. The delay means that the plan is already working. Hmm. If you really believed what I was preaching tonight, I think it would have gotten more than an old Baptist head nod. I appreciate those Baptist head nods, but sometimes I need to get an amen from somebody. When God delays your day, he has a plan already working for your good. I feel like telling somebody today that God is going to take you from the trials of evening to the sunshine of morning when we learn the lesson through the dark hours that we have to go through. It's, not, it's no accident that a new day starts at midnight. See, you think the day starts when you get up. Sister Cindy, my mother-in-law, thinks the day begins at 10 a.m. I'm only kidding. The day doesn't start at 6 when you get out of bed. Or 5 when you get out of bed. The new day begins at midnight. And the thing you have to know about midnight is midnight, they say, is the, the medical field declares is the worst part of the night. Fever soars at midnight. Sickness seems to prevail at midnight. Things go bad at midnight. Brother Rick's on the second row here. There's more trouble at midnight. It's always the problems that come at midnight. And it is at midnight that the new day begins. We think it starts when the sun's shining at 10 a.m. But your new day begins when things are going bad in your life. And they work until things get better in your life. Could it be that your darkness is a sign that morning is coming? Somebody ought to say, this is the day the Lord has made Maybe I've already crossed the threshold of midnight. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice because he's had a plan working for me all the time. Oh, somebody thank the Lord that he's working everything for your good. If you've been praying for your struggle to be over, if you've been praying for your battle to end, if you've been praying for God to take you to a new level, you're going to have to endure the hardship of midnight before you can step into a new day. But I came tonight to tell you, it's not going to be midnight always. Morning is going to come. David said weeping may endure but for a night. And joy comes in the morning. 
Shout, this is the day. First Kings chapter 20, verse 29 said, And they pitched one over against the other seven days. So it was that the seventh day the battle was joined and the children of Israel slew the Syrians. A hundred thousand footmen in one day. Think about that. Well, couldn't he have broken it up and taken out a few at a time? He could have, but he's God. My challenge for you tonight, and I'm quickly closing, but my challenge for you tonight is to look at where you are and think about where you were. Now think about where God has given you the hope of going. And if you're walking and living in the will of God, I believe he's going to take you to where he's nudging and urging you to go to. So if you think about where you've been and where you are, somebody needs to get a little hope for where we are going to and say this is the day the Lord has made. It's between yesterday and tomorrow, but this is the day. I'm going to rejoice in this day because I'm not where I used to be and I'm not going to begrudge the fact that I'm not where I'm going tomorrow, but this is the day the Lord has made. I'm coming out. I'm getting better. I'm on my way. God has delivered me. God has set me free. God has saved me God is healing me God is bringing my life together Pastor I don't know I'm not there yet I'm not there yet Start thanking him for that you're not where you were Start thanking him that you're here Start thanking him for the day Start thanking him for this moment Start thanking him for where you are And I promise you it'll make the journey To tomorrow a whole lot better Stand to your feet with me tonight. Throw your hands in the air. Thank the Lord for the day he's given you. He's taken you somewhere in this day. Come on, open your mouth. Lift up your voice to him. Bless the name of the Lord. Come on, lift your voice and bless his name today. Thank him that you're where you are. Thank you, Lord. Is there anybody in the house tonight that wouldn't be ashamed to lift a hand and say, Pastor, I've been through it. Come on, hold your hands high. Pastor, I've been through it. I've been, look around you. There's people that's been through it. They, they know what it's like. You're in good company tonight. There's hands raised all over this building. I've been through it. Is there anybody tonight that could lift a hand and say, Pastor, I'm going through it? Ain't nothing wrong with it. We all go through it. But the issue is we're going through it. We're going through it. We're not going to live here. We're not going to take up residence here. I may have to pitch a tent here, but I can tell you that I'm not going to build a brick house here. I'm just going through it. I'm traveling through it. I'm going on to where God is wanting to take me to. He hasn't forgotten you. Your mess up, your mistake, your problem has not frustrated God to the point that he's wondering, well, now let me figure out what I'm going to do. At the very moment of the mistake, God said, I got a plan. I'm not going to let my situation cause me to be frustrated in this day. Look at your neighbor and tell him, don't get frustrated in this day. 
This day was planned by the Lord. This day was planned by the Lord. He made it for you. The Lord made this day for you. This season is for you. He made it for you. He didn't make it for somebody else. He made it for you. Well, pastor, I got myself in a mess. He made this day for you. Come on, you may have made a mistake. You may have got in the mess, but God is going to bring you out the other side of it. I'm trying to help somebody tonight to get the faith to begin to trust the Lord and believe that God has a plan for your future that's better than where you have been. And he's going to do it in this day. He's going to work through this day. It's all about how you encounter this day. Can somebody rejoice in the Lord today? Can you thank Him for the day? Come on, magnify the Lord with me. I'm going to open these altars tonight. Somebody ought to step out from where you are tonight and declare, you know what, I'm going to look the devil in the face tonight and I'm going to let him know I'm not going to be frustrated in the day that I'm living in. I'm not happy about where I'm at, but God's got a plan for my future and my future is greater than my past. Now there's something to rejoice about. Your future is greater than your past. Come on, somebody. Rejoice in the Lord tonight. Call on the Lord tonight. Let the Lord renew your strength. Let the Lord strengthen you today. moments ago who is going through it and you lifted up your hand I want you to lift your hand again if you're going through it I want you to lift your hand look around you somebody next to you got a hand raised I want you to reach over and lay hands on them right now would you do that take them by the hand lay a hand on their shoulder whatever I want you to link faith with them come on don't be ashamed the Lord's going to help you tonight you got a brother or sister that may not be going through what you're going through but God's going to help you through it God's going to strengthen you through it tonight. Come on, pray one for another right now. Say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. 